Welcome to the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. The Lone Star Play Podcast is produced by TexasRealFood.com. It is a uh, website directory, basically, uh, where you can find all the best places in Texas that offer organic, artisanal, you know, all-natural products. Um, so farmers markets, butchers, restaurants, bars, farms, um, you know, even just products that you can get at different stores and stuff. So um, it also offers, you know, uh, articles um, just to help you better cook recipes. You know, there's videos, there's all kinds of content on there. So just basically Texas driven content on this website. Um, you can also find my podcast on there. Um, you can go to texasrealfood.com slash podcast, or you can just type in thelonestarplate.com and it will forward you to that. So again, remember, if you have any questions or concerns or want to ask me something, feel free to reach out. Email me, patrick at texasrealfood.com. Okay. All right. Um, we are continuing with our lockdown series, right? Because um, this hasn't changed. Um, I have a very special guest, as always. Uh, they're all special. Um, I have Kareem Hajar. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. I believe I am. Um, and he is a lawyer here in Austin, locally. And basically, he represents, you know, restaurants and bars and, and things like that. So he uh, just started a Facebook group called Margs for Life TX. So like margaritas, Margs, M-A-R-G-S for Life uh, TX. So basically what that Facebook group is, is to allow restaurants and bars and food establishments to sell mixed cocktails to go. Because right now you can't do that. You'd have to get, you know, the mixer and then the alcohol separate in a little bitty bottle. And then you can pour that in when you get home or whatever. And the problem is having restaurants find these little bottles. They're really hard. They're not, not all liquors come in those little bottles. For instance, Texas distilleries, you, you now they can't sell Texas, um, you know, spirits, which is horrific. Um, right. So, so basically Kareem is, is got a huge push right now, almost 10,000 members in the group. And he's got all kinds of restaurants behind him and owners, um, to basically allow this. So we need the governor to get behind it and allow it. Many other states have done it where it's not like it's something, you know, uh, crazy, you know, it's a special time. We should make exceptions. And that's basically what Kareem is going to come on and talk about. So we want to support this cause guys. If you support restaurants, you support this cause because the truth is they have all this inventory just sitting there and with the law, the way it is now, they have to go buy new inventory to sell you that mixed, you know, drink to go that you have to mix at home. So what they want to be able to do is mix the alcohol in the drink already and then give it to you. Because again, they have all these bottles just sitting there waiting and beers. So let's say all these kegs at all these breweries and stuff, they could fill growlers and give them to you, you know, a glass of wine. Instead of buying a whole bottle, you could get a glass of wine. So definitely we want to support this guys. If you love restaurants and and you love, you know, if you want to go to your favorite place and get a drink made by your favorite bartender when this is all over with, support this because they may not be around. That is the truth. Restaurants are dropping like flies. People are getting laid off. They're losing their jobs. I'm going to give you guys some stats. It's pretty astounding. Um, now, not all of these are restaurant employees, but a good majority are. Um, so basically, in 2019, about 700,000 people filed for unemployment in Texas. 700,000 people in all of 2019, the whole year. In the last four weeks, two weeks, excuse me, 
Oh, four weeks. It is four weeks. 760,000 people have applied for unemployment, and it's only going to be more and more and more as more people get laid off. So you're talking a year's worth of work in a matter of weeks. So if you want to know why the Texas Workforce Commission is, you know, you get a busy signal when you call. That's why they just they're literally doing a year's worth of work in weeks. They're hiring people. They're bringing on, I mean, hundreds of staff, you know. Um, so be patient with them if you're calling, you know, whatever. But my point to this is, you know, this is what's happening. It, we're at a historic level, guys, of job loss, businesses going under, you know, that sort of thing. So please support this cause. It's very important to me. Um, the restaurant industry, you know, that's what this podcast is all about initially is supporting food and, and supporting the industry. So please get behind this. Um, you know, it's devastating. So, you know, special times call for special rules, in my opinion. So not to say that this law needs to stay in effect after we go back to normal. No problem. But temporarily, let's let these restaurants and bars sell this alcohol. So that's that's really all Kareem is going to talk about. I'm sure we'll talk about the virus and how it's affecting him and, and whatnot as well. So really excited to have Kareem on. Thank you guys for, you know, sticking around for all these episodes. And, and this episode especially, it's very important. Um, and yeah, just thanks for supporting the podcast. And thank you for all you do. Thank you for listening and watching and, and just sharing anytime you do. Um, I, I really do appreciate it. Um, it means a lot to me. So, um, all right, guys. Well, without further ado, let's just get to it. Let's get Kareem in here. Let's get to the, the juicy map yeah. here. Like I kind of did a little intro I, like I do on all my podcasts. And I kind of explained it briefly. I definitely just want to, th this is a super important cause that I'm behind, man. And I know you are too. You know, our industry is on its knees and, you know, you're doing something that could really help people, you know, could save jobs, save businesses, save an industry, you know. So, you know, let's just get into a little bit more sure. exactly what it is that you're behind right now. You know, let, let's just. Okay. So let's let's for, I'm going to first tell you what it isn't about. It OK. Is yeah. <laughs> not, it is not about. Getting people margaritas to go in their car for the sake of people having margaritas or mixed drinks or a glass of wine or right is it just i say that it's all it's all encompassing it's a growler beer but it is not about the people getting alcohol in their cars to go or just to go alcohol period and i, I keep I, I say that because that is right now the biggest hurdle that we have in this is there's this stigma that somehow doing this it's all about the people who want their frozen margaritas and it's not about the people at all it's about the restaurant industry yeah. and the people that work in the restaurant industry the servers the bartenders the barbacks the cooks the line cooks the guys that, that park your car and then moving up the chain it's about the person who schleps the wine over every day since you tasted 40 of them, but it's your distributors and the people that work there. And there's thousands of those people. It's people that drive the trucks for the wholesalers and the distributors. And then going up the chain, it's about the little distilleries and the big distilleries, frankly, but you know, it's about the distilleries and those people that work there and the breweries and the wineries that, that employ another tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. It's, it's about a lot of people. And, and then it's about taxes. 
and the tax revenue that's generated for the state. Yeah. And we generated $3 billion worth of alcohol tax from alcohol sales in restaurants alone. That's a B, $3 billion. <laughs> yeah. That is we're, a- projecting, wow. we're projecting a 40 to $50 billion deficit this upcoming session, which starts in eight months. They're going to have to figure out how to balance a budget. Texas is a state that has a balanced budget. One of the many great things about our state is that we have a balanced budget. Every, every session, they don't leave until it's done. So that means they're going to start cutting things. And so what is it that we're going to cut? Who's not worthy of funding this year? I don't know, but we're going to find out. But when you start negative 50 billion, I would think that you would want as much revenue as you could possibly get. Absolutely. That is so, you know, crazy. that's 3 billion just in alcohol. That doesn't even include the food. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a significant amount of money to the state that's at stake here. that is somehow just being ignored. Yeah. And then on the, you know, just if we're going to have another thing to it, if you are bringing people back into your restaurants, that means you're pulling people off of unemployment. Yes. So you're, it's, it's not just like, oh, I'm getting an employee. I'm also losing a liability. Yeah. And there's some businesses that may not need to apply for these loans that the government's offering because they're able to True. Ge- generate some sales and bring employees in. So like, you know what? I don't need this loan because yes, some of it is forgivable, but not all of it. And some of it is Still not. Bad. So, you know, you do have to pay it back. So yeah, absolutely, man. It, it's a so domino it's effect. This is, this is just not about, it's not about the consumer and it's, it's about everybody else and then Texas as a whole. Yeah. And, and so what is it? So what is it? A few weeks ago, as, this, as COVID was coming through and everybody could tell that we were gonna get some sort of shelter in place or lockdown or regulations were coming, the governor's office issued a press release, came out on March 18th. That press release said that restaurants could sell beer, wine, and mixed beverages for delivery. Put an underline under for delivery, because that's an interesting thing. So those of us who are paying attention to what's going on in the alcohol industry see that and go, okay, the governor's done something for restaurants. Now, what does this mean versus what we have now? Yeah. So here's what we have in Rewind back then. So here's what, until COVID came around, this was what the rules were for mixed beverage permits. And those are called MBs. There's something called BGs. We can talk about that later. And they are very different and people should know the difference. But an MB being a restaurant and an MB that's a restaurant, the MB stands for mixed beverages, meaning you can sell spirits, you can sell the vodkas and the gins. So if you are an MB, you could sell anything on premise, right? If just think about going to a bar, you see the signs that say no alcohol passes point you know, all over the place. Yeah. And, and, and so it, that's why they're not allowed to take open containers off premise. Yeah. Yeah. With one very limited exception. And that happened in the last legislative session, Uber and Lyft and Favor lobbied and added a provision to the code, to the TABC code that allowed for a mixed beverage restaurant, to sell food and a sealed bottle or can of beer 
a sealed bottle of wine or a sealed bottle of spirits, so long as those spirits were 375 milliliters, a half bottle, or less for delivery. This was not put in to allow you to go to your favorite restaurant and go get a bottle of tequila or wine or something with your order to go. It was not allowed, it was for delivery. Nobody really did it because yeah. who wants to buy a half bottle of tequila for delivery <laughs> when you have your own tequila in your cabinet, right? Yeah. So it didn't, nobody used it, but it was there. So when the governor came out with these words, beer, wine, and mixed drinks for delivery, I'm not the smartest dude in the world, but I know what mixed <laughs> drinks means. Yeah. The word mixed means that there's a combination of ingredients. Yep. So that means that, holy cow, you can start selling a vodka soda for delivery. Now, every restaurant who is desperate for survival saw that. They're not lawyers. They're not paying attention to this. I, I think I got three dozen of the following. Hey man, I'll deliver it right to your hand. I'll deliver it right to your car. <laughs> like, no, it's for delivery. Like you have to, you have to deliver it. It has to go to a house, a registered yeah. address. But people didn't care. And there was a lot of confusion out there for, there still is, because people still don't know. Sure. I don't blame people for some people not caring, right? Like, fuck it, I, like come after me. I might right. not even have a business. Yeah, we'll talk about that too. Yeah. So for 18 hours, there was, there was, well, at least someone can sell a mixed beverage to go. And if you're mixing beverages, that's, that's, it's not even a stretch to say, well, if you're now mixing beverages, a mixed beverage can be wine in a glass and beer in a growler and beer in a cup and whatever. So, okay, great. We, we have something. It is yeah. something. The next day, TABC, the Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission, came out with their guidance. Since the governor says things and then gives it to the agencies to enforce. The next day, TABC came out with their much longer release. And it was very different from what that had said, beer, wine, and mixed drinks for delivery. In fact, it was identical to what's already in the code, which is you could sell a sealed bottle of beer, wine, or spirits up to 375 milliliters for delivery or to go. So the ad there was he added the words or to go yeah. to what was already allowed. Given the confusion that it already existed and given that we still have it, that's just an issue, but that's not even close to good enough. It's just not. not it's not. Right? You're right. It's, it's not. not. If you're a Mexican food place, you're getting away with, with selling little bottles and margarita mix. I mean, that's, that's the one unique drink that you can legitimately get people to buy with your yeah. margarita mix. And, and to be fair to everybody, Texans, we're trying. I mean, it's, you, can, you can get online <laughs> and, and look at the different eat out groups, takeaway, takeout groups on Facebook. And I mean, there are just tons of people posting pictures of their legal margaritas and their very illegal margaritas. Yep. Yeah, Texans are trying and we're trying to support in the way that we know how to do. Yeah. And, and, and when I say that, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't really know how to support, but they're doing what they can to help the businesses that they know. Absolutely. And that's awesome. But still doesn't help the restaurant industry as a whole. 
Mm-mm. Because if you're trying to sell a margarita out of a 375 or less, that means you're now buying inventory that you didn't have. Nobody had mini bottles. Yeah. So you know, you're the governor, you make this, you make this proclamation, this is the new rule. And what you really do is tell a restaurant who's freaking out, has no money, hey, I need you to go out and buy a more whole inventory. bunch more yeah. inventory that, oh, by the way, is really scarce. But right before this, right before this um, podcast recording, I was on the phone with a client who said, I just called my liquor supplier, and this is a very big supplier, and they are completely out of 50 milliliter bottles, which is your airplane bottle. Since nobody wants to buy 375s, everybody's resorted to trying to sell 50 milliliter bottles and yeah. make a make a syrup or a, a, a mixer in some pouch or something. And then sure. you pour in your airplane bottle into it. Yeah. They are completely out. And you know, we, now, t- and, and we kind of, you know, another, another point is here, like a lot of spirits don't come in those mini bottles. Right. And no. then the juice isn't even as good in those mini bottles either. So you're getting less quality alcohol and the options are super limited and the inventory is limited. Very limited. You're going, to get, you're going to get large distributors or large manufactured bottles. Not necessarily a bad thing because those sure. people, by the way, are, are very much in support. Of- yeah, you, you have those bottles at your bar. You know, there's no problem with that. But you also have all these other bottles. You know, that's if the you're, problem. If you're the governor of Texas and you want to help Texas and you have marketing campaigns about we're Texas, yeah. then you need to support Texas businesses, which is the distillery industry. Yeah. The spirits industry, the now little craft beer industry, they don't make little bottles. Absolutely. They just like don't. They just don't. Absolutely. They just don't. Yeah. And, and as I visit with spirit companies, they've said, you know, look, it, it, we sell a lot of our product through liquor stores, but to get a sticky customer, they have to try our product. If you walk into your local Twins or your local Specs or Total Wine or any other liquor store, you're going to see 200 bourbons or whiskeys on the yeah. shelf. Yeah. Why would I try Garrison Brothers or if it's vodka out of all the vodkas, why am I going to try Goodnight Love Vodka? Because I know what I'm going to get in Grey Goose. Yeah. So the only the way that they get traction is through marketing and on-premise restaurant cocktails yeah. that people have a special that says, hey, try the Trinity gin. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Try that. Try that one. And people go, well, gosh, that's really good. I'm, next time I go to the liquor store, I'm going to buy that. Absolutely. You're hundred so percent right. They're terrified and, and they do move a lot of product through restaurants, even though they sell more in liquor stores. That's how they move their product is sure. through the distribution channels in restaurants. And so this is effectively a death sentence to the distilling and, and brewing industry. And that to me is, not okay, right? Not I, represent okay, man. I have some distilleries and breweries and, and wineries as well, but more restaurants than, than those. And, and it's not okay for restaurants, but it's also not okay for these guys either. I mean, it's, it's, if we're Texas, then we need to support Texas. So you, it's a very good point to bring up. Yeah. I mean, another thing is too, like the distillery, the breweries and the wine industry here in Texas wasn't always around, right? Like I remember oh. 10 years ago that, 90% of the shit didn't even exist. So it took 
Texas such a long time to develop what kind of grapes to grow for the wine right here in Texas, how to, you know, getting set up for the distilleries out in the hill country, breweries as well, all this stuff. The industry took so long to build itself and it's literally being gutted in a matter of weeks. You know, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much, man. It, it's, it's heartbreaking because of how hard, I know how hard a lot of those distilleries, breweries, and wineries worked to make a name for Texas and to give Texas a good name. Because if you said Texas wine 10 years ago, you get laughed at. Now, it's not such a joke. Same thing with Texas whiskey or Texas vodka. It wasn't such a big deal back then. Or beers, you know, there wasn't that many. So we've worked really hard to put a, you know, to make a name these people have. And again, to just have it gutted so quickly and, and almost ignored by our government. Cause again, you're, you're completely eliminating a lot of these Texas businesses by having this law, the way that you're saying. So yeah, it's, it's disturbing. Brutal. It's brutal. It's, it's brutal. disturbing. Yeah. Brutal. And, and so, you know, so I guess we haven't even asked, what do we, what do we want? Yeah. You know, what do we want? We want to let a restaurant sell the products that it's always sold in the way that it's always sold them, which is by the glass or bottle. Yeah. Sealed. You know, now it's to go. So it's things adapt to go in a sealed container that can be drunk at home. Yeah. You, you basically want you want you basically want these places to serve the, the same thing they were serving before. Just make it to go. Same correct. cocktail, same cocktail menu you could still get you know, whatever anything the cocktail it was, you, you could still get that cocktail, whatever it is, or the beer, or just a glass of wine. You don't want the whole bottle. You know, you want that special beer, get it in a growler. You know, that, that's basically what you're saying, right? You want Correct. the place to do that. I want them to be able to sell a burger in a growler of beer or, or a cup of beer in a sealed cup that you take home and you drink. And nobody's an advocate for drinking and driving and nobody's an advocate for open container. So, so put it, make it, Make it that you have to put them in the rear of the car or in the trunk, just like you sure. would have to do already if you had a half bottle of tequila and you were going to go to your friend's house for a party. You yeah. can't put it in the front seat. Yeah. You have to put it in the back. Do yeah. the same thing. It's not hard. I agree. It's not hard. I've heard, an argument, I've heard an argument that... What's harder would be letting these businesses fall. So if our only obstacle is figuring out a way to get alcohol in the back of trunks, I mean, hello, that is the best easy. problem we could have. You know, it's yeah. compared to how many people are out of exactly. work. Exactly. This is, it's a no brainer. This it's is a, a no non, this is a no brainer. And yeah. the fact that it hasn't happened already to me is a non brainer. Because just, other states have done it as well. Right. It's not like Texas is asking for something that isn't being done other places. Right. No, not, we're not the leader in this by a, by a, a heavy margin. And I'm going to not get them all. I'm not going to get my list correct, but Kentucky just approved it. Not only did Kentucky approve it, but they actually allowed distilleries to sell liquor directly out to to consumers which is not normal and not we're not all. asking for that that's not an ask but that's how much they've done virginia just did it you're allowed to sell mixed beverages to go uh, virginia did it maryland's done it florida's done it illinois's done it iowa's done it nebraska's done it delaware's done it uh, vermont's done it and connecticut has done it california's done it and oh wow Florida's done it Wow. I think that's all of them. And if I missed one or if I got one wrong, I'm sorry, but I'm yeah. darn close. Yeah, that's we a are. lot of states. I mean, and Texas should be there. Like, what the hell? We're leading, we're leading in like alcohol drinking or something. I saw some weird stats that we're like leading it. You know, it's like, hello, this is Texas. You know, we're Texas. 
We're the best at drinking. We're the best, man. Except for restaurants, at which point we're terrible (laughs) at it right now. That's true. That's true. So that's, I mean, that's the ask. And that's, and that's something that as I, as I look around my landscape of clients, who will this help the most? Non-Mexican food places, because they're getting away at least a little bit with margaritas now. Yeah. Yeah. But but when I look around the Marks for Life Facebook board and see guys going, man, I'm beer heavy and I can't sell a growler. I've got 50 growlers sitting in my walk-in cooler because I chose to be a mixed beverage instead of beer and wine. I can't sell these now. People come in and say, hey, give me the burger and whatever to go. And I want a growler. I'm like, I can't sell it to them. Jesus. And that's inventory that's just going to spoil. It's It's going to spoil. It will sit there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Just to be clear, the difference between a mixed beverage and a a BG, a beer and wine permit, is a BG, you can only sell beer and wine. Yeah. And in a BG permit. And And you can only be open until midnight. Is that true? No, that's not true. Oh, okay. BGs can have late night hours uh, as well. Okay. The. The BG permit allows you right now, you can take, you can walk into a place that only sells beer and wine. You can, you can say, I'd love a, a pint of beer or a glass of wine. They can pour it for you. You can walk literally out the front door with your open container. No problem. Not illegal. You can walk all around there. You can even walk on public property if there's no open container law on that public property. Oh, the only time you get in trouble is when you walk into a city or a county or another area that has an open container ordinance, at which point you, the consumer, have a problem, not the BG permit holder for letting you leave. Got it. Okay. So that's why you can walk into your favorite brew pub or wine bar and, and buy a craft of wine or a growler of beer and go drive home with it. You put it in your car. It's sealed yeah. where it's supposed to be. It's perfectly legal to do that. And that's been abused. This is now, you know, it's, it's, people, are, people are entrepreneurial. This has been abused now. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many questions I've gotten with people saying, yeah, well, what about those? You're wrong, Kareem. Those daiquiri places, they sell daiquiris to go right now. You're just wrong. And, and you know, my first response is, I've been doing this for 16 years. Are you sure? <laughs> Yeah, just because somebody's doing something doesn't make it legal. Or, or maybe it is legal. And it is legal because it's not real spirits. It is a uh, wine arena. Got it. You can go right now. You can, you can Google Daiquiris to Go Texas and the providers of those products will pop up. There are drive throughs all around the state where you could go right now and go buy yourself a gallon-sized margarita, daiquiri, screwdriver, whatever. But that is not a spirit. Even the people that tell me, no, Cream, you're wrong. They're, I, I see it. They pour, they're giving me the floaters. No, they are. It's just not a spirit. And, and if you look at their permits, they're all BGs, and they deliver you your gallon-sized margarita in a drive-thru with tape over the lid and over the straw hole, and that yeah. is a closed container. So if we, Texas, can be okay with that, a gallon margarita (laughs) in a giant mug with tape over the straw hole, how can we not be okay with a cocktail in a sealed container that you keep in your truck? Absolutely. To save hundreds of thousands of jobs and at a minimum, hundreds of millions of dollars of tax revenue. 
Yes. What am I missing? I, that's a great question. I mean, besides the pushback that you just mentioned, what other pushbacks are you getting from people about this? So I, or, I, or know, have there been any? I've heard, I've heard a few different things of which I've, I've run down to be not true. Yeah. So yeah. the first one, the first rumors that were flying around with it, the, the package store lobby and, and or the wholesale beer business lobby was, was lobbying against it. And it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense if you're a liquor store or if you're a wholesale beer seller, you, you might not want those things allowed because you may make more money with people buying in your liquor store. Sure. And, and sure. trying to be clear that the twins and specs of the world, they, there's, there's actually four tiers in Texas because in the spirit world, you have somebody who's a distiller, makes a spirit, they sell it to a wholesaler or a distributor, somebody like Southern Glaciers. Yeah. Who doesn't sell, Southern Glaciers doesn't sell to a bar. They sell to Twin Inspects and other local distributors, LDs. They have package store permits, but they get a second permit that are called LDs. And then those groups, the Twins Inspects of the world, they, they sell to the restaurants. So there's four tiers. So I'm not really referring to Twins and Specs thinking because they have a wholesale line that they've got hundreds of people employed right now. Yeah. That they're just paying to clean warehouses and just try to keep people on payroll. I'm talking about all the other non-LDs, the package stores. I can, I can see why they would have a concern that, hey, if, if you're buying that frozen marg, then maybe you don't come to our store to buy that tequila. Or you buy that Manhattan, you may not come to our store to buy that bottle of bourbon. But that wasn't the case. That was false. Yeah, absolutely. That's so ridiculous. No, and I've looked into it pretty darn heavily. I've not seen anything that indicates that the package store lobby or the wholesale beer associations are doing anything to stop this. Yeah. Could I be wrong? Sure. Do I think I'm wrong? No. Yeah. I don't. I've got a lot of a lot of people talking to me on the record and off the record that are that are in the know all the time. And I just don't, don't hear anything that any alcohol uh, chain party is involved in stopping this. Good. Good. So the next, the next one, I thought, well, what else, who else could be lobbying this? Well, then I heard that, well, federal funds could be withheld if we do this because of open containers. Um, what? And this How is a very, this is a very, what, it's a very political politician's way of answering a question with a different answer. Well, how so are the I, other states doing it if they're not losing their federal funding? They're not losing their federal funds. And so right. here's, the, here's the way that this works. You ask a politician who's being lobbied by someone a question, and they give you an answer that's different. So I spoke with some very powerful representatives, Texas reps, and ask them, what can I do to make this go through? Why is this not happening? When I've got all of these associations in support, right? there's no official coalition, but there's nobody against this. Yeah. And many parties have already made an ask. Why is this not just happening? 
And the answer is, well, we have to be very careful with open containers because of federal funds and we could lose. In fact, really the answer was, well, we could lose our federal funds. And I'm like, and I was just like, well, what, what about them? And I would get non-answers. And I would say, well, someone out of the governor's office or a lawyer that is on our staff did some research and said that we could lose our federal funds. So, okay, well, okay. So now it's time for me to go read about federal funds. Yeah. If you are a state that allows open containers, you could lose your federal funds. That is true. Nobody's asking for open containers. Well, you're right. Closed Nobody containers in the trunk. The term open containers. Yeah, good point. All That's more for like walking on the said. street with your drink, right? That's what I think of. When I think of open container, I think Bourbon Street. Walking down the street with your drink, you know, having a good time, going Correct. from bar to bar. I don't think in your car, you know, yeah. Correct. And really, it's open containers allowable in a vehicle that would void your federal funds. So even if you did not have an open container law across the state that doesn't void your federal funds i mean they were talking about making sixth street like that recently open container yeah i just heard about that open containers municipal by by rule so there's a couple you know i think louisiana has an open container law that they actually allow an open container yeah and and that could conceivably harm your federal funds not negate them but harm them got it but again, that's not what we're asking. So that's a non, that was a non-starter. To, 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 yeah. Okay, what's that? Good point. Yeah, good point. So all that I have to go on is that either A, and I don't doubt this one, the governor is a very busy person. There's a lot going on right now, right? There's, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot going on. Say, so yeah. I, I, don't, I don't doubt that he's a very, very, very busy person being pulled in a thousand different directions. I think it would be an obtuse opinion, asinine opinion to think anything otherwise. Sure, of course. That said, 14 other states managed to find the time. And it's not just the governor. There's a whole lot of aides. Sure. So if 14 other states can do it, what is it about this state that we can't do it? Absolutely. You're talking, and, you're and talking about a lot of money here, a lot of jobs, a lot of businesses, a lot of money. So that's been my, that's been, that's been the question is who's doing this? Is anybody doing this? Is this, is, is somebody actively lobbying from a, just a very conservative position? I've heard mothers against drunk driving wrote something that, you know, they didn't want, they didn't want this again nobody's arguing for open containers. Nobody's an advocate for drunk driving. Absolutely. Nobody's an advocate for drinking. Look, you, you could drink without this. What's to stop me from cracking open that bottle of wine in my car and chugging it or the beer or the bottle of tequila I just bought at the liquor store? I mean, that's called personal or, responsibility. There's only so or the gallon sized Or the gallon-sized winerita that's perfectly legal to Absolutely. buy food right now. Exactly. If I want to do it, I'm going to do it. You're not going to stop me, you know, so it's, it's ridiculous. So honestly, if that's, if that is what it is, that's, that's pretty stunning. I agree. If it's a, if it's a social conservative, right lobby, I've yet to figure out who they are, Yeah. but that's possible. I but, guess. You know, but as I, even if you are in my, even if you are a social conservative, right, Is that worth hundreds of thousands of jobs and 
and an entire, not just one industry, but all the industries up the chain. And we haven't even spoken about retail real estate or banking. Yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. I mean, real estate, people don't see real estate. People who are not in real estate are not likely aware of the shift that's happened in the last 10 years of retail real estate. Yeah. If you think back when you were a kid and you went to your regular strip center with your mom where your grocery store was, you had, you had a shopping center that was full of product-based businesses. I'm going here to go to that little hardware store, the Ace Hardware that's right here, and then we're gonna go to the camera store to develop our film, and then yeah. we're gonna go to the drugstore right down there and pick up our prescriptions. Yeah. Then we'll go to the grocery store, and then we'll go to you know, the dentist or somebody that was in that center too. But you had a, a, a primarily package-based thing object-based you went in there to buy something look around your centers now day spas massage studios nail salons how many yoga studios do we need because we have a ton of them yeah. how many pilates studios do we need you used to be able to get an exclusive on fitness now there's no way that Leo is going to give it to you because there's going to be an f45 and a yoga studio and a spin studio in that center and three restaurants yeah. Yeah. And, you know, an acupuncture place. Sure. You know, and a chiropractor, right? It's all service based retail now. We do yeah. not, we don't buy our nuts and bolts and hammers from the hardware store. We buy them on Amazon or we go to Home Depot. Yep. You're right. So the result yeah. of that is landlords are freaking out. Yeah. I know this for a fact. Yeah. Freaking out. Yeah. Because restaurants don't own. You know, be very rare for a restaurant or bar to own the building or the land that they're on, right? That is like so strange. So it's not just even it's not just even the alcohol or the hospitality industry. It, it keeps going up the chain. Sure, it's everywhere. Yeah. So as we look at this, when I balance like this, when I balance this social conservative agenda, if that's what it is, which I don't know that it is, to institutional level failures in retail real estate and in everybody up the chain, I just have a hard time seeing that winning the day. Yeah. Yeah. The right. philosophical opposition to the theoretical problem of somebody having an open container in a car when you sealed it and you pass rules and laws to keep it closed against that it's just it's hard for me to fathom that we would keep hundreds of thousands of people on I agree. unemployment and not generate very badly needed revenue considering we have an oil industry that's absolutely in the toilet right now going into session that that would be the that would be the thing that you go well i'm going to stick to my i'm going to stick to my philosophical guns here and and just put these hundreds of thousands of people and take money off the table for texas i'm going to do that it, it's kind of it's kind of weird because you know, I, I could understand during normal times, right? This conversation comes up and people are fighting back against it. Okay, but we're not in normal times. It's like, hello, exceptions to the rules. Like, I understand anybody's argument that would come out again. Okay, maybe people are going to drink. Okay, I get all that. But we are in a particular circumstance, literally that hanging by a thread. So not, to me, none of that matters. Like, you know what I mean? None, none of those arguments matter because we're just in a completely, we're in a bubble. You know? and, and we haven't said this yet, but nobody's arguing that this be permanent. The governor doesn't exactly, have the exactly. permanent anyway. 
Exactly. The ask is for it to be during this time and exactly. for a reasonable period of time after the after the restrictions are lifted so that restaurants can get back online. And what's yeah. going to happen right now is restaurants have either closed or they're or they're trying to operate on skeleton crews yeah. with the reduced revenue. Yeah. But what what I don't think anybody's really talking about is as human beings, as Texans, there's going to be, and there is already a behavioral shift in our consumption. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions, if not hundreds, millions of people are out of work. They stopped consuming like they were before. Yeah. And, they and, those, and those were people that consumed. They put all their money back into the economy. You know, all of it. They saved nothing. Yep. So they're on unemployment. And now you have, for those that are still employed, am I going to go right back and start spending the same way I was doing before? No, I, I'm not. Yep. And, and I'm not, I'm not special. I'm not because a, you've been telling me for the last now month, but it's going to be three months that being around people is dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So even if you, even if you raise the restriction, I'm still probably not going to go to a ton of restaurants. Yeah. I'm going to probably skip that concert. Yeah. I'll wait till the fall. I'll yeah. wait till December before but what I am going to do is I'm going to still try to support my people and order out. Yeah. So now you have a restaurant that now the restrictions have been lifted. They have to reopen. They've used their stimulus dollars. And, and now you have them rehiring all their people full overhead again, full inventory, which they have to find money for, by the way. Yeah. And nobody, not nobody, but people are going to show up, but not like they were before. Not at all. Not at so, all. Not even close. So the ask is give us a little bit of time and then Go back to what it was. Nobody is asking for this to be permanent. Just give them the lifeline to get through this because of all industries, this one has been gutted. Yeah, gutted. Absolutely gutted. I agree. Yeah, exactly. It's not permanent. It's not any, again, these are all just exceptions to the rule. So any argument brought up against it to me, is just not valid. It's like, hello, we're in a pandemic. We're talking about people's lives, literally people's lives and their livelihood. And it's a, it's not a small problem you're trying to fix. This is a massive problem. So yeah, I, I just don't see how anybody doesn't get behind this. I mean, I just, I just, it's, it's mind blowing to me. That it is too well, Yeah. But we've, what we've done is we've, we've worked with a lot of associations to understand what happened, who did what, when, where, and how. And I think we've, we've figured out the facts of how this all shook out and, and why we are where we are. And, and now it's a matter of how do we get Texas on par with the other leading states who are trying to help save industries and small businesses while also saving lives. Right? We're Absolutely. not taking it away from them. And so what we've done is we've, well, A, we started a Facebook page, Marks for Life TX. We also, we also have an Instagram that people can go follow and, and we post things on a, on a regular basis there. And then right now- for what, What's the of, Instagram handle? Is it Marks for Life TX as well? Yeah, Marks for Life TX as well. Okay. And, and in the last couple of days, I've started a, I've written a letter on behalf of restaurants that I've circulated to all of my clients and they are circulating it to all of their colleagues. Right now we have hundreds of signatures with, which really will be hundreds and hundreds of brands and one brand might have 10 units in it. Yeah. So it's, I, I don't know how many units it would even come out to be, but it is a lot of restaurants and, and I don't want just my clients and I don't want just Austin. I want all of them. 
If there's a time for every single restaurant owner, big, small, regional, national, local, greasy diner, or giant fine dining, I want them. I want your signature, I want your logo, and I want to put it on one letter that we present to the governor and say, this is a unified voice of, of thousands of restaurateurs and their employees. We yeah. need this. Yeah. What are you, I, when are you thinking about sending? Is there like a time frame that you have on this that you're trying to get this letter out? I would say it's probably going to go out week after next just because I, I thought it takes longer to, to disseminate than I would have expected or just sure. to normally, even though we have instantaneous technology, it's somebody sees it, they don't see it till the next day, then they look, then I'll get back to it. I need to sign this and get it back and oh, I'll send it to my friend. So I'm going to guess week after next is when we'll probably cut it off. So there's plenty of time for people to, to print it, sign it, send it back. And that's literally pinned to the top of Margs for Life TX. Okay. And if somebody sees it and wants me to email them the email that I've been sending to my clients and other people who've asked for it, my email address is there. It's khajar, K-H-A-J-J-A-R at legalstrategy.com. And I'll email it to you. You can text it to me. I've got my mobile number on that email. So you can text it to me. And, and we want every restaurant to sign it. Yeah. I want them all. Yeah. I don't care all. if you're in Midland or you're in Dallas or you're in Galveston or you're here in Austin. I want all of you. Have Is you had any restaurants say, no, I won't sign this? Not yet. Not yet. Good, good. Uh, bigger groups, you know, the bigger restaurant unit groups sometimes need to get approvals from people. Sure. But yes. even they're signing on. Yeah. So right now, there's... It, it's a no-brainer, right? Again, it's no-brainer. a no-brainer. Matthew Odom comes out with the top 50 restaurants every year. Um, just in a day, I've already got a little over half of them. And, and I, I, I want all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, and, and I just want to be clear. And I mentioned this, I think at the top of my podcast, but, and I'm sure people understand this, but you're doing this for free, man. Right. You're not getting paid for this. You know, this is just um, passion, right? There's no, no client here. Yeah. There's no client paying me to do any of this. Exactly. That's what's awesome. This this started, I, I I just had a thousand emails come in going, what just happened? I'm, this, this is this is catastrophic. I don't know what I'm going to do. How am I going to pay rent? And it's just, it's it would be really shitty for me to say, yeah, I know. Let me just connect you with my bankruptcy section in our firm, and let's you know, that's that's no. It's just, it's not. That's not okay. So is that, is that I, what made you get going? Was all these yeah, emails? Just just my clients literally going. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to make it. Yeah. desperation i've heard more people crying than i care to in three uh, weeks i know man and I know. and i just i thought finally i can't i can't just sit here and do it and i'm not one typically to go get off my butt and go advocate for people that's that's for free it's what we do every day for clients and so i typically by the time the day's over i'm pretty done and of course, of course. In this one i just i don't feel like i have much of a choice because it's either we do it or we watch an implosion happen before our eyes. And that to me is absolutely crazy. I agree. I agree. It is crazy. It's just like, what? right. Yeah. That's a good point. You're just like watching it happen and you can't do anything. Right. It almost seems like a little helpless. Um, but what you're doing, man, is, is amazing. You know, and I just want people to know that you're not getting paid for this. This is your passion. You want restaurants 
you know, to, to make it through this because look, we all go out to restaurants and bars. It's a part of everyone's life. You know, it's such a big part of our lives. I guess maybe people just don't realize that they will now, you know, they're going to appreciate bars and restaurants that they go to that bartender that they love that server that they really were fond of, you know, hopefully people are going to be a little more appreciative of them and that's how you can support them. That's what I've been telling people. Like if you, if you love a particular restaurant and you love this bartender at there and he makes your favorite drink and this and that, you need to support this cause because either that restaurant or that bartender will not be around and you're not going to get your favorite cocktail, you know? So have to get behind this like a thousand percent. You know, it's definitely not, it's definitely not, um, it's not for the, this is not for the consumer. It's the consumers supporting their people. And you're absolutely right. Each, this, this has to happen. It's, yep. it's not the only thing that has to happen. And this is not the miracle cure, but it gets them a long way, right? That, that $12 burger, I'll tell you that $12 burger has $6 of profit in it. Yeah. You now sell a $12 growler of beer with it. That has $11.50 of profit in it. That draft beer is not expensive for them to sell. Yeah. That's, where they, that's how they stay alive. So you take yeah. that profit margin for $6 to $18 on a $24 bill. That's real. Yeah. That's and, real and money. Profit on the transaction, and that's fine. But that's not, that's not saying the restaurant is profitable because they're not. Sure. It, it's letting them survive. Yes. And that's, that's all that this is, is a plea for survival. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a life vest, right? You see these restaurants, literally a ship has capsized and there's all these people just floating in the water. And this is a life vest, right? This it's is all like, it is. Hello. It's not, it's not. It's not the fins. It's not exactly. flippers. It's not exactly. a motor. It just exactly. Keeps it keeps you floating. And, and it's not the end. And you it's can not come the only pick thing. you up, right? Yeah. And it's not the only thing. The other thing that the other things that, that have to fall into place, which are, are, are the stimulus dollars. Yeah. Those stimulus dollars are, are major. Yeah. And, and I don't care what your politics are or are not, or whether you're Republican or a Democrat, those stimulus dollars are real. They're coming out and, and they're going to help a lot of places. Restaurants with the way their labor is structured don't benefit as much as other industries, but it's still real money that will really help people get through it. And, but that's not enough. If it was just that, that's not enough. And then the last one is landlords have to be pretty cool. And they are, I mean, it's just from all of my clients and I represent some landlords as well. People are, people are, are aware of this. Yeah. And, and we've been through 2008, 2009, 2010. Sure. So we've, we've seen what happens. So landlords are, completely callous i've yet to see a landlord not do anything that's awesome and and they've been very open-minded about how to structure it to maximize the dollars you know spent sure. so you've got landlords on board you have stimulus dollars coming in this is it i mean it's we do this and it's the last piece of what i think is a three-part puzzle to really really let the, the industry it's not going to thrive survive yeah. survive give them the best chance that they can have to get through this right give them all the tools necessary because there's no point in pulling away revenue streams from these places right now in fact we need to create other ways for them to create revenue like you said just to survive nobody's trying to be you know make a big buck and and have all this profit it's literally just to get rid of inventory you already have so you don't have to buy new inventory 
the the profit margins on spirits are through the roof. Um, beer and wine is as well as it's good. It's not as good spirit, but it's fantastic. Profit margins on alcohol is awesome. Period. You know, you don't make any of it. You bring it in and you sell it. it. That's why it's so great to have. And that money helps. I know a lot of restaurants that I work for. The bar money helped fund the restaurant. I hate to That's say, without question. You know what I mean. So you take that away. I mean, I don't even know how some of these places are still surviving, dude. To be honest with you, my hats off to a lot of these places that barely. Are- and I'll, you know, I'll throw some. I'll throw some. Um, I'll throw some really nice things, props to people. Uh, the guys over at Emmer and Rye are operating at and Hestia and Henbit. They're operating at a loss just to keep people employed. Right? Jesus. They're literally just they're putting money in every month to keep people employed. You have a lot of nobility in this industry and it's not just them. There's lots of places doing it, keeping, keeping people employed, doing things. Hey, you know what? We're going to go, we're going to go completely redo our storage room with people just to keep all the honeydew things we didn't do. Or, Hey, you know what? We're going to implement that process for farm to table. We never got around to doing because we never had time and they're doing it out of their pockets with no revenue coming in. And that's, that's noble. But they yeah. can only do that for so long. You can really only survive for so long before you're like, I, I can't do it. What's going to happen at the end of April? That's my big question because it, we just don't like you this, said. If there's, the stimulus dollars are, are coming out, but not nearly as quickly, obviously, as everybody wanted. If people don't get their stimulus dollars by April, I think you got a problem. Yeah. A big yes. yes. Well, I think you start looking at, you know, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but you start thinking about riots. You start thinking about people just on the edge and don't know what to do. And, you know, violence is going to go up. Crime is going to go up. Abuse is going to go up. It's already going up. I've already read sure. statistics of child abuse, domestic abuse. You know, a lot of things are, are, are just because why you're stuck in a place. You can't leave. You're, you're not getting money. You're getting laid off. I mean, it's like literally I think people just look and just think how much more stuff can go wrong, right? Like it's everything at once. It's not even, well, this and this, and it's just a rug pulled out from underneath you and and you don't know what to do. And and yeah, man, if we don't start helping people, it's going to get to the point of no return. You know, you're going to, some of these restaurants and bars won't be able to reopen, even if they get some help, if it's too late, you know, that they'll pass a point where they can't even come back. And I'm seeing that already in it breaks breaks, breaks my heart it's already a tough business right you know that running a restaurant or a bar is just the margins are you you don't get in it to be a millionaire you do it because you love it breaking even in a restaurant is a a win you know so it's already hard and now this people talk about the margins of a restaurant and they talk about the margins of alcohol and the margins of alcohol are high just what people aren't seeing is you have a, a large labor component yeah you have a very large rent component yeah. Building out a restaurant, if you're building out a nice restaurant, is multiple million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your insurance is not inexpensive. You have way more other recurring costs than people really think about. It's just I agree. Your subscriptions to things and your produce costs, and yeah. the fresher the ingredient, the more expensive it is. And so there's there's a so much there's so much cost that yeah. exists that people don't see. That yeah, it's it is it's so difficult. It's so difficult to do it and do it well. It's and just you, know, you, you put also, this on top of it, and it just makes it almost impossible for some people. You know what I also see? You brought it up that people will will not reopen. 
and I agree with that. I think they'll, they'll die the worst death, which is a death by, you know, asphyxiation, right? You just, yeah. you just die. Nobody knew you did it. It was yeah. silent. Yeah. But what, what I think will also happen in, in as much, if not more, is you will have places that made it through the closure, reopened, and then with the regular set of overhead back, just, just can't make it. Yeah. So I see closures happening May and we're in April now, May and June that never reopened. Yeah. But I, I see a tidal wave if we don't get relief for them I agree. in July, August, September, where they reopened and they're like, okay, here we yeah. go. Yeah. And there's just nothing. Yeah. Because I think people think that. They think, well, I know some restaurants and bars are thinking that if we can just get open, it'll all be okay. And that's not the case. Because even though everything gets open again, again, not everyone's going to be rushing in to spend all this money. First of all, people are already saving money. They're hurting for money. So it's not like that's the first place that the money is going to go back into. Um, plus, they're a little scared. They're a little, you know, just like you said, they've, they've been hammered in the head with staying away from people and keeping their distance um, can potentially save their life. Well, again, just because these places open all of a sudden, it doesn't mean it's going to be okay. Just like when... They said, okay, you can stay open and do to-go and delivery. That didn't mean, oh, great, every restaurant's saved now. I mean, a lot of places tried to do that and realized it was costing them more because they weren't getting all the delivery to-go. So they're losing even more money trying to operate, you know, at a loss. It's so frustrating, man. I'm, I'm just, and, and those places that closed down are now stuck with 50-milliliter bottles. That they can't oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just don't even... You know, I've been through a lot in this industry. I've seen a lot of things happen. I've worked in this industry in, in other countries. You know, I worked in Europe in the industry. I worked in Mexico in this industry. And I've worked in America in this industry. And they're all different, but they all are, you know, very much uh, similar. And I've been through so many things through this industry, but nothing. I mean, everybody's saying this, of course, nothing like this. I mean, just, I don't know. I think it'll be before the virus the restaurant industry and after the virus what the restaurant industry, you know, what nine 11 did to airlines is what the virus will do to the restaurant industry. It'll just be a different thing moving forward. For sure. Without question. You know, how, how it is, how it is, what they adapted to. I, I don't know. Um, I just, I just, man, I just, um, you know, hope all my friends and I'm in a bubble of the restaurant industry. All my friends are in the restaurant, you know, that's all I know. So, everyone around me is suffering and not doing well. And it's, it's breaking my heart. I, I, you know, you mentioned a props earlier about bringing up something good. I do want to mention one business that I've seen in particular here in Austin, that's just gone above and beyond of adapting, pivoting and help helping the community and helping customers. And that is peach tortilla. Um, from, you know, Eric, um, I, I just, what I've seen them do has been amazing. And if all businesses could have done that, you know, it would have made a big difference, but not everyone's Eric, you know, and it's it just, you know, it's good to see that there are some places that are making it through this and doing something good mm -hmm. and, you know, able to survive. So, yeah, I mean, we could at least, you know, so just a shout out to Eric and uh, Peach Tortilla, what they're doing, um, you know. So, yeah, just tough times, man. It is. It's awful. And I appreciate yeah. you guys having me on today to talk about this. Absolutely, man. It's been well, awesome. I hope that people uh, hope that people come join it, come join our Facebook group and watch my posts, share them, get involved, sign the letter, spread the word, right? Spread the, the word. word. The industry, industry people, they, they, they've got to, they've got to get after it and yeah. they are, but yeah. we got to keep doing it. It's, yeah. it's got to be overwhelming to get this done. I agree.
I agree. Well, listen, Kareem, thank you so much again, man, for your time today. And I know you're super busy and got all kinds of things going on. And good luck with all this. You need anything from me, you know how to get a hold of me. And we're going to push this like crazy, man, and, and get people on board. Thank you very much, man. It's been great. And uh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be reaching out to you in the next day or so. Absolutely, Kareem. All right, brother. We'll have a good rest of the day, man. And we'll talk soon. That's good, man. See you later. Okay, boss. Be good. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Lone Star Plate podcast. As always, you can check out our website, thelonestarplate.com. You can also go to texasrealfood.com slash podcast. Uh, really want to thank our guest today, Kareem Hajar, for coming on and speaking about this very passionate uh, project that he's working on, uh, which I support as well. Um, so please make sure you check out his Facebook group, Margs for Life TX. Um, and the Instagram, uh, again, thousands of followers, you know, a lot of people getting behind this and, and anything you can do to support the restaurant industry right now is much appreciated. So Texas, um, we need you. Okay. So thank you again to Kareem. Thank you all to everyone listening. And as always stay safe, stay clean, wash your hands, uh, social distance, keep your six feet, stay home people. Let's get this over with so we can get back and get people working and get the economy back going again, okay? Uh, we're all in this together, so let's just stay calm, cool, and collected. Uh, look forward to uh, upcoming episodes um, coming up where you can hear, you know, some other things going on, these testimonials and things that's going on about the virus. So we got more musical guests coming up and, and other people, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, all right, guys, we'll see you next time.